Listener, it's that time again. Gondor once again calling for ale, a thirsty, thirsty country. I am your host, Sam, and with me is my brother, Ben. Welcome back, listener. And Ben, what are we what's on the schedule for this episode? What are we talking about? Give me a quick reminder. So Sam, today we're gonna finish looking over our last three games from an unexpected tournament down in Durham, North Carolina. We wrapped up last episode with two games each, a loss and a win for me, and two wins for you. And we're going to hear today how we did the rest of the tournament. Ah, excellent. Sounds sounds riveting. Riveting stuff. But I suppose, Ben, before we really get into this, we should, we should answer the very important question, which is, are you, in fact, having an ale while we're doing this? And if so, what are you drinking? I am having an ale because reviewing battles is thirsty work. I am having a Brie brown ale, an ale so brown that the man in the moon himself came down one night to drink <laughs> his fill. And yes, Sam, in case you were wondering, it does come in pints. Ah, uh, brilliant. Sounds delicious. And you, oh brother mine, are you having a an alcoholic beverage perhaps to, to slake your thirst while you regale us with tales of the mighty Urukai? I am having... A Shelob Sting, a beer by the Kirith Ungol Casking Company, guaranteed after one drink to leave you dead tired. Alright Ben, we're here, we've got our drinks before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. <laughs> let's, uh, let's find out a little bit more about our, our valiant hosts. What is your favourite Lord of the Rings quote, or Hobbit quote I suppose, from either the books or the movies? or the audio, I guess, or yeah, or the dramatized audiobook, if you so care. Oh, I hadn't thought of the dramatized audiobook. I think I fell, I thought I fell into dark, dark water. Yeah. Uh, no, my favorite Lord of the Rings quote, although maybe a little over overused, is the Aragorn's poem, All that is gold does not glitter, not all those who wander are lost. The old that is young does not wither, deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall waken, a light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken, the crownless again shall be king. Uh, like that's... a true Tolkien nerd, I think my high school yearbook quote is, not all those who wander are lost, so there you go. Very good. I must say, it's a great one. I am a little bit disappointed that it didn't come, that it wasn't either you carry the fate of us all little one or oh, i can't remember what the other one was but do you remember when the the fellowship of the ring was coming out and we like went to mcdonald's and got a happy meal one of the rare occasions as children and they had those the like lord of the ring statues that would say I a do. quote from the movie I do. how could i forget you carry the fate of us all little one that's what Boromir said one. you you pushed a button and yeah. that's what he said yeah, what was the Bilbo, the Bilbo one? I can't the ring remember. must that go to Frodo. One. 
Yes, that is, yeah, <laughs> so good. I remember we, like, we played that thing so, so much that when Baromir in the movie said, you carry the faith of us, I, like, I, like, remember, like, looking around at the theater, like, oh, everyone else thinks this is funny, right? And I was like, oh, no, probably not. Well. Yeah, well, anyway. I wanted to, I wanted to pick a good, a good serious Tolkien quote, because there are so many great, great silly ones. I mean, here's right. the dwarves that go swimming with little hairy women. Oh, so That's good. true. That's a good one. Oh, they have a the cave event. troll. They have a cave troll, yep. One does not simply walk into Mordor. And they call it a mine! <laughs> ah, so good. So yep. many good ones. So I, I don't like green food. Oh my god, right? <laughs> we'll never make it to the mountain, will we? <laughs> hmm. uh, okay. Okay, enough, enough of silly Lord of the Rings and Hobbit quotes. Alright, so... Got to know our hosts a little bit better. Onwards to some game reviews. A new power is rising. Its victory is at hand. So, Sam. Do you want to kick it off today with your first game review, the last game you played on day one at an unexpected tournament? So, who were you playing and what army did they bring? So, I was actually playing your first round opponent. Listener, I will give you a review of the list in case you don't remember, as there is some delay between these episodes coming out. But yes, I was playing Matthew, who was playing the Rangers of Athelion Legendary Legion, and we were playing the mission Breakthrough. All right, Ben, do you want to give us a quick rundown of that scenario, as I know it's one of your favorites? Give us uh, give us the details. Yes, I will give you the details. So, this game ends when one force has been reduced to one quarter of its starting number. So, not the random game length end. And there are four objectives on the table. There are two on the center line, spaced 12 inches in from the, the, the short board edges. And... One in each de- the center of each deployment zone, spaced 12 inches up. So they make a little square in the center of the board. And you are trying to break through your opponent's lines to score the back victory point, which is worth more victory points for each player. So you score one victory point if there are more friendly models than enemy models within three inches of the objective in your own deployment zone. You score one victory point if there are more friendly models than enemy models within three inches of the objective that are on the center line and you score two victory points if there are no enemy models near those objectives you get two victory points if there are more friendly models than enemy models within three inches of the objective marker in your opponent's deployment zone and four victory points if you have more models uh, sorry if you have models within three inches of it and your opponent has none you also score one victory point for causing wounds to the enemy leader two for killing them and one victory point if the enemy force is broken so a cool scenario really encourages movement. Um, you know, there are, you can't, I don't think you can win by just grabbing the side objectives and holding your back. Oh no, you can, you can just get the side ones and hold your, hold your back one, but a lot of fun to play. So Sam, breakthrough facing the Rangers of Athelion. What kind of board were you, were you playing on and, and uh, how did you feel running into all those bows? Well, we were playing on an Angmar board as it was named. It was really cool 
terrain that was very reminiscent of the Games Workshop Dolgaldor scenery kits, uh, which was really nice. I actually, I, it's, it was so well done. I actually thought it was a bunch of it was a bunch of ruins made out of those, and then they'd added to it. But it was not. It was very cool. I think it may have been three D printed stuff. I can't can't quite remember. But anyway, it was painted up beautifully. Had lots of nice levels, and there were some there were some forests on the sides and stuff. I I felt kind of okay going into into those the bows. I was going in. It's one of those games where if his shooting is hot. You're just gonna die if his shooting is average or below average. I'm gonna get to combat, and it was interesting. I will go through the the army in a moment, but it was interesting because the entire army is rangers and heroes. So there was we knew going in there was gonna be a lot of a lot of good evil roll offs because they're all fight four and I'm all fight four. I just have the strength and the defense over them. So going into Matthew's list. It was led by Faramir, and in his warband he had 15 Rangers of Gondor. He also had Madril with 12 Rangers of Gondor, Damrod with 6 Rangers of Gondor, Angborn with 6 Rangers of Gondor, Mablung with 6 Rangers of Gondor, and to round it out, as you are now required to take a little tax for this Legendary Legion, Sam, Frodo, and Gollum. All of his Rangers also came with spears, ranked them up, and ready to shoot and then they were if you got into combat they were ready to repel you with us as a spear wall nice and uh what's it like 53 bodies in that list that is an excellent question i don't know you can you can it feel is, free it to is, do it the is, math it is, it is 53 bodies I'm trying to lead Look you that. there it's leading the witness a no. leading question no 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 i i was elected to lead not read ben there you go yeah 53 models in the list i guess Gollum's the only one that can't hit you with a ranged weapon gotta watch out for right. those those hobbits and their throwing stones so we i can't remember who won deployment or lost deployment depending on how you view it but basically i did the classic ben gallagher move i left nobody on my back objectives i put saruman on my right flank with vrashku's warband of two other guys i actually stuck the two guys in the building i think Ooh, crossbowman on the building huh right right and then i put lurtz's big warband more centered and off to and but slightly center center left i would say and then i put maher and his small warband of scouts hard left in front of my in front of my side of my left side objective wow okay so i guess not in front no, it would be it was like right on that objective because that's on the center line. So you got Lurtz in the middle, Saruman on one objective, Vrashku with Saruman, and then Maher taking the other objective, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, basically. Nice. Lurtz was a little more towards uh, Maher's warband. And, and who did you put Grima with? Uh, Grima went with Faramir just uh. because he was just going to sit in front of four to six rangers and block some shots. And, I mean, Faramir definitely yeah. needs advice, so checks out right obviously yeah i mean he's he's really good at taking advice from creepy old men so classic classic dad move you can just picture uh, grima sitting there whispering in his ear playing on his daddy issues anyway so matthew had deployed he put a couple warbands in the center up in buildings 
Madril's big warband was on my right flank, so facing off with Saramir, Saramir? <laughs> Saruman and Vrashku, and then Faramir and one of the other small heroes were on my left flank, facing down Mahur. So he won. So Matthew won priority on turn one, moved basically his entire army three inches forward so they could still shoot, which let me react a little bit. And at that point, I swung Lurtz and basically his entire warband, I think I split like three of them off towards Faramir and towards my left side. So Faramir and then Vrashku pushed up and I hid, I basically hid my scouts behind in Grima's shadow effectively because if you shoot through him, you just can't shoot, period. And Saruman and my other warbands pushed up and I think, what did Saruman do? I think he probably threw a... Little cheeky probably, You know what? No, I think he, he maybe didn't do anything on the first turn, which is probably... I don't. I certainly don't remember. It was nothing important. I maybe I cast Terrifying, or not Terrifying Aura, the one that makes him cause terror. But nothing nothing particularly exciting from, from, from anyone. And then he proceeded to shoot with a whole bunch of... a whole bunch of archers his 50 odd bow shots and they i think he killed about two or a guy so you know certainly certainly nothing tragic but you know i think he picked off a couple crossbows your crossbow snipers in the building managed to accomplish anything i don't think so over the course of the game they killed a few rangers i just i just was could not roll to hit for most of this tournament with my crossbows so it was like you know two shots both missed two shots both missed and then it was you know one hit and i killed the guy so they they basically didn't do anything but they gave they had they gave me something to do and him something to shoot at for a little while like Vrashku didn't fire his two shots at all this game so going into turn two i won i won priority i charged into i charged maher and his warband into Faramir's warband, I used Grima to body block the other hero that was on that side and made sure he was within six of Faramir. And I was also, I had got Lurtz close enough to Faramir's warband that I charged Lurtz into Faramir as well. I was like, and I got Mahur into him and I was like, yeah, Mahur and Lurtz into Faramir, he's going to die. And as I did that and Matthew was looking at it, he's like, oh, well, he's just going to be peeled off immediately. And I was like, that is an excellent point that I had not thought about. But that's okay. Yeah, so learn, man. Easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. Oh, thinking of, thinking about it now, what I could have done is transfixed the dude that was standing like directly in front of Lurtz and not and wasn't engaged, and then he couldn't have moved, and I, Lurtz wouldn't have been peeled off. But that is a okay. Huh? I think instead I transfixed Faramir, oh, which nice. he used like one, one, one will or something to resist and failed. So Faramir wasn't striking blows, which basically just meant. When Lurtz was peeled off, he, Faramir couldn't strike and kill um, Maher. Kill Maher. Nice. So that, well, that's okay. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad. So we got into combat, and after Lurtz being peeled off, again, I feel like I'm much calmer now after hindsight, but I was frustrated with my Lurtz peely off So Lurtz called a heroic combat and went back into Faramir. And we rolled both rolled the six uh and we this was the last fight we'd done and there was there was a fight in the center that the roll off had gone to me and i was like this is it if i 
you know, 50-50 shot of me winning. If I win, that's six strength five attacks in the Faramir. He gonna die. Yeah. Went to good. Womp, womp, womp. Mm. But that's okay. Because the next turn, the White Wizard gazed into his Palantir and decided that he should have priority this turn. And that is exactly <laughs> what happened. First thing I actually did was Saruman moved up. And had, could he'd been progressing over to my side and like dodging archers and sorceress blasted uh, a ranger that was able to hit Faramir and then because of the way he was ranked up knocked another ranger down as well so I knocked three people over one of whom was Faramir. Nice. Lurts went into Faramir and I just the lines refought like reclashed and you know shooting proceeded and over this I'm not going to mention the shooting much this game because. Matty killed a handful of Urukai, but it wasn't enough to where I just felt like I'd been shot off the board. And then the next turn, and so then in that combat phase, we both struck up, and we both, I think I rolled, we both rolled like a four or something, but with uh, with Grima sitting there, Faramir, because Faramir what, didn't have the might to spend to get to, to get to a six, so he basically said i'll go to a five and then lurt spent his last two might to go to the six and beat him out so faramir drained lurts of all his might but then lurts is getting double strikes on faramir on the ground and smashed him nice yeah so victory for uh for lurts over there which was pretty nice glad glad to have him in this game i had a crebine peck peck a ranger to death which was always always exciting when you you know peck out some eyes Nice. Um, and then have, the, be nice to and have a the flyer game... that just can't be shot to death against all those bows. It's like you know, right? And reveals that that elven or their stalk and scene special rule for my bows. Not that he actually used Ooh, that special rule at I all, but I did make sure. Oh yeah, yeah, because you can't hide from the the eyes of Isengard. Oh, that's good. That's but good. so the so the game the game came down to Saruman had abandoned my right flank. And Vrashku had moved into sort of closer towards, with most of that flank, to closer towards his middle objective. Madrill and his big warband killed the three Urukai who were guarding my right-hand side objective. I cleaned up Faramir's warband and the other warband on the left-hand side. And, and then started wrapping all the way around to get to his back objective. And by the end, uh, and basically the only like other major thing that happened is the the center fight with Rashku and a few Urukai was looking pretty grim, until Saruman rode over on his noble steed, lined up an awesome sorceress blast of a guy who was in one combat, and the, the com it was you know like two Urukai surrounded by like eight rangers, and so knocked one guy out who out of one combat and hit the other combat so everyone in both combats fell down so i, I knocked over like <laughs> 10 10 models with one sorceress blast which is kind of silly that's how it works but it is and it just bought me another turn and at the at the final the actual, final sorry, three turns that's an actual strike if you knock over 10 models with with a uh, with, a, <laughs> with another ranger that's an actual ranger bowling strike so uh, there you go right i think well i think it was nine nine other models oh. and the one 10 including the but that's certainly a goals to have right <laughs> but um but towards the end of the game it was very clear that who had what objective and he started charging madrill and a few or a handful of rangers towards my back objective my urukai in the building had jumped down to try and sort of have that objective i'd also started riding grima towards that objective because i knew 
he he had left purposely left a mite on mad drill he knew he was going to call a late heroic march to jump on that objective and i was like i am just going to stick grima within three inches of this objective or within two so even if he gets you know, charged and pushed back and then she's staying within three so he won't get the full thing for capturing it um, and that's that's basically what happened the game ended i had my left side he had the right side we each had models on our opposing uh, enemy objectives but we also had friendly models by them and it came down to the leader kill and he did not wound saruman and i had killed faramir so Ooh. i i took i took a victory of seven victory points to five but yeah it was uh it was a it was a good game a lot of fun nice sounds like a fight well fought did you feel that all the terrain on that board was partly what helped like mitigate the bows were you able to <clears throat> excuse me were you able to sort of stay out of line of sight a little bit get some in the ways or it just you know uh, just there were a lot I of mean, bows but not enough i mean a little bit there weren't a huge amount of in the ways because his archers were on second levels and i was kind of just like whatever man like take the shots that you think you can get i don't i don't really i don't mind you know i'm just you just i think if he'd if he'd in the first few turns killed like a whole bunch of urukai it would have been more like ah let's take a look but you know it just ended up not really mattering there i guess the terrain that really mattered was my both our objectives were behind buildings so there was a, a pathway a hidden path to each of them and i just you know i was just like strength two bows against defense five and six i'm just not i just you can't you can't worry about it all game otherwise you end up taking really little engagements and i just threw all my guys into combat as quickly as possible and and good gets severely limited by trying to shoot into combat or close to combat so nice nice cool yeah lurch versus faramir that's a that's a pretty epic fight it's cool that that's actually what yeah. won the game for you as well yeah i mean it's certainly epic sounding perhaps but faramir's two attacks and defense five maybe did not did not make it that epic against Lurtz. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, I uh, I ended day one on three victories. Mm. Ben, let's get into your last last game of the day. Who were you playing, and what were they playing with? So I was playing against Zach, who had a mixed allied force of the survivors of Lake Town, Halls of Thranduil. So we've got Bard leading a warband of 15 survivors of Lake Town with his two daughters and Alfred. We've got Hilda leading a warband of six survivors of Lake Town. We've got Bane leading a warband of six survivors of Lake Town. And we've got Percy leading a warband of 12 survivors of Lake Town with bows. And finally, Thranduil on the elk with the extra sword and the crown leading a warband of four Mirkwood Knights or Mirkwood Cavalry. So 49 models, a whole mess of heroes, bards on the horse as well. Yeah, playing breakthrough against a horde again. Well, how did it go, Ben? How how were you feeling, I guess, going into this? Uh, sounds a little a little less than optimistic there. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I felt okay. 
I wanted to learn from my game against Goblin Town of Bilbo's Birthday of Ash and not spread out. So that was that wasn't breakthrough. That was domination or whatever with the five objectives. This one I was like, I'm gonna pick one flank objective. I'm gonna hold my back objective, and the goblins are gonna get his objective, and that's what we're gonna fight over. And I felt pretty excited to have some cavalry to face off against. I was gonna sort of excited to try using my hunter orcs to get to beat the cavalry counter charge, but. I deployed them really badly. I don't know what I was thinking, and they were. I put them all the way up on the front line. I think I was thinking about like mm. fake rushing his objective with them, and then like not doing that. I, I don't know. I uh, or maybe a little tired or whatever. Anyway, so the hunter orcs got put down right on the center line. We were playing on a board with a mix of these really tall two-story ruins with a bunch of windows in them that you could move through, and then some trees and woods and hedges sort of scattered around. So I put the Hunter Orc and Bolg's Warband on my left flank objective. The Keeper of the Dungeons and his Warband are holding the back objective, and the Goblins are, of course, deployed in the reserve. Uh, the Castellan is also up with Bolg and the Hunter Orc Captain on the front line. Thranduil and Bane are sort of back on his back objective. Bard and Hilda face off against Bolg, the Hunter Orc Captain, and the Castellan, and Percy sits his warband of archers on the uh, the other objective that I have yielded and abandoned to him. And I won the first priority. Sorry, I won priority. He called a heroic move with Bard. Bolg gets the counter move for free. He wins the move off and charges my Hunter Orcs with a whole bunch of survivors of Lake Town. So he survives, he, he charges my Hunter Orcs with a whole bunch of survivors of Lake Town, and I decided that I was going to try some sneaky bat maneuvers, and that Little Girls versus Bats was going to be my key to winning this game, because if I could kill one of the girls, then Bard would freak out, and I figured Bard freaking out would be a whole lot easier to deal with. So both my Bats charge into Little Girls, going to kill Bard's children, and, like, didn't manage to do it. Bard gets his free hero combat, turns around, Free heroic combats into my bat and kills it, and the other other little girl manages to win the combat against the bat. I rolled like a two high on the Oof. bats, two two attacks, so she backs off. Bolg getting in there, slaughtering slaughtering people, like he just won all the fights on that first turn. I killed two survivors of Lake Town and lost four orcs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no Rough. no shooting casualties. Percy's not got anything to shoot. His warband's just sitting there. Thranduil's biding his time. His warband's just sitting there. The Keeper of the Dungeons biding his time, sitting on my objective. I won the next priority, and, you know, battle lines clash again. I'm, like, sort of surrounded. I've got my warbands stuck up against this building, so I can't really back off, and there are Lake Town guys everywhere, so there's really nowhere for me to move, so we just lock in again. Goblin Mercenary Captain fails his courage test, but Zack decides not to bring him on, which I, if it was me, I'd have brought the goblins down. But anyway, the goblins stay off the table, and we get into some serious killing this turn. I managed to kill seven survivors of Lake Town, but lose six more orcs on that flank. So I'm down ten models Oof. already, which is it's pretty rough. Bard has used two of his might in his free heroic combat, so he's completely out of stats. And on the next turn, of course, Alfred does his Alfred maneuver and completely re-ups Bard fails one of the re-up uh, and gets a might free for Alfred without costing Bard anything because Bard's out of stats. And Bolg manages to get into Hilda and chomp her down. So Bolg's, you know, getting some kills, killing some stuff. Zack wins the next priority. Bolg calls a move and charges into Bard and we get this cool Bard-Bolg fight-off moment. But Bard wins the strike-off. I rolled it too high. 
Bard wins the strike off. Oh. Fights off Bolg, doesn't manage to do anything, doesn't take him off his wag. Bolg's still on his feet. And the killing continues. I killed four Lakemen and lost two. So it's finally going my way with the damn kills and casualties. But the game just sort of sort of keeps going on there from that flank. And that flank just slowly crumbled. Despite my best efforts, Bolg never managed to get back into Bard. And by the end of it, I lost the Hunter Orc Captain. The Castellan finally ran out of might. Oh, sorry, out of will and got killed by Alfred. He had one will left and Alfred moved in. Oh, Alfred moved into combat with him. Oh, oh, yeah, so, okay, like, okay. he didn't get killed by Alfred, but he didn't manage to kill Alfred. But... Bard kept picking off my bats. Like, I could not kill those girls with my bats. I kept trying kept trying to kill Alfred with an orc. I had this one orc in combat with Alfred for four turns. So the orc would win the combat and then not kill him. What's this, this epic battle? Oh. Bold got up to a good few kills on that flank. Anyway, so that none of those models, those two warbands, they just all swirling, swirling, battling, fighting over that flank. Thranduil, about mid-game, decides that his time is now and starts to charge across the board to the Keeper of the Dungeons. And that's when I really regretted not having my Hunter Ops over there. Because Thranduil mm. and his cavalry charge into the Keeper and my warband. First turn he charges in, and I actually managed to kill one knight and unhorse another one with just basic orcs. Lost two combats. And the Keeper is sort of stuck in the back rank. Can't get into Thranduil isn't getting killed next turn thranduil blows his crown knocks all the orcs over and then vaults off of the elk to sneak through a gap and get into the keeper of the dungeons who flubbed his resist roll on the crown which was a bummer three threw three will at it and didn't get it yeah but you you do need the six right yeah. so it is pretty tough yeah but i mean i had three will and three Still. might i guess i could have burnt some might but i decided not to that's i, I should have burnt the might thinking about it now Anyway, I guess it depends. If you rolled a three high and had to burn all three, I see the, yeah. the hesitation. I don't recall. And then as soon as he gets off the off the elk to charge, then you're like, "Yep, that would have 100 percent been worth it." But yeah, oh well, yeah. So it comes down to a strike off between Bog and the keeper. Um, not Bog, the keeper of the dungeons and Thranduil. The keeper of the dungeons strikes like a champion and strikes up to ten. Yeah, Thranduil strikes up to ten, so it's an elven blade roll off. We both got the six in combat. Thranduil gets the Elven Blade roll off and just slices the Keeper of the Dungeons to pieces, which was a real shame. Womp womp. So it got really interesting. So that was, we lost the one objective on my left flank. Bolg can't quite bring down Bard and his warband. Slaughtered 14 Lake Town men with Bolg. So Bolg got up to Mighty Hero, which was yeah. a personal goal for me. Super pleased. It was He had a great game, Bolg. I don't think he had a combat where I didn't roll a six. Actually, on the last turn of the game, Thranduil managed had like run back across the board and gone into combat with. Uh, was he was over there and I charged him with Bolg because I was like, I'll try and get a leader kill. Right, Thranduil's the army leader. Got to try and get some victory points. So Thranduil goes into Bolg and that was the one combat I botched. I got a three high and, and Thranduil won the fight, but didn't didn't get any wounds on Bolg. So no leader kill points. Uh, the Lake Town guys have got my objective. They've completely swarmed the flank, the one flank objective that I was trying to fight. Percy and his archers are still not doing anything, just just contesting the other objective. And Bane is sitting on his back objective all by himself. And I'm watching the clock, and he's watching the clock, and I roll the mercenaries and fail. And he keeps them off. Like, fail really badly. Like, enough that I can't use all my might and will to bring him on. Next, mm. next turn comes on, there's like 15 minutes left on the clock. Fail the goblin mercenary again on like a two can't use his stats to bring him on well you know we fight out we fight it out there's nine minutes left on the clock goblin mercenary fails and doesn't come onto the table and i'm like oh my god but fortunately i've taken so many casualties at this point that the game turns are taking you know they're going quite quickly so we right. get another turnaround it only took four minutes to do that second to last turn so 
Final turn rolls around. Finally, the goblin captain comes onto the board and ambushes like outside, behind Bane. Bane charges into the goblins, loses the combat, doesn't get killed, but that's okay because I've now got eight goblin mercenaries within three inches of his back objective. So I scored some victory points, and it was it was a pretty cool ambush moment, but it was so stressful, like rolling those leadership tests mm. and just failing so badly that with three might and one will, I just couldn't bring him on. I mean, he's courage three. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. So you need to roll a four. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So how did how what was the score at the end of the game? So the final score was eight victory points to three. So a major a major loss, and I deployed badly on that one flank. It's something that I did really well in my first game, although I lost my first game. I didn't like when you're capturing objectives. You don't. There's no reason to capture the objective on turn one. You need the objective on turn eight, or yeah, well, this was an eight turn game. You need the objective on turn eight. And for whatever reason, I just wasn't thinking like that and deployed like too far forwards with a lot of my stuff early game. You know, I lost my hunter orcs on all of, all three of my hunter orcs had gone by turn two and my bats by like turn three or four. Deployed badly again and just didn't really manage to recover from that. And Zach, you know, Zach played well. He kept Percy on the one objective. Thranduil bided his time, bided his time and struck at the right opportunity. And Bard and his warband were just able to like wear down Bolg and, and his guys. And, you know, Zach, Zach outplayed me, played well, and it was a really fun game, had a great time. It was super fun to finally get that Goblin Mercenary ambush and, you know, just sneak in on yeah. the, uh, sneak in an objective on the last turn. It's just fun with those, those guys. End of, end of day one, the Gallagher brothers have a combined total of four wins, three of which are mine. Yes, yes, you've already scored your sweet winning, winning record. Yeah, that's true. Left that you feeling true. a little bit stressed when we were at the hotel that next oh, that that night, yeah. though, didn't it? You were like, because you were also the only did. person to have three wins on the first yeah. day, so you were. Yeah, it was pretty cool using using the Best Coast pairing app, um, so you could see how other people's games result went, whether the score was it right or not. We couldn't quite figure out, but we it, at least the wins, losses, and ties were correct. So. So yeah, I was 3-0 and I was the only 3-0. So basically, I had to go into game day two and win one game and I would be guaranteed a spot on the podium. Mm, a little a little stressful for you. I yeah, would definitely my, just needed two more wins to get to my winning record with, with two losses there on yeah. the first day. Well, as you said, Ben, we got, we got back to the hotel and we learned our lessons from Bilbo's Birthday Bash in non-strategy battle game related sense and got a hotel that was not a gross Super 8. So, that's excellent. We are going to do a companion podcast, listener, where we rate random hotels close to strategy battle game tournaments. Yeah, they'll get stars. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah, they'll get stars based right. on their proximity to the event and the, uh, the we'll air quality. Seven stars and seven... <laughs> stones I don't know. you get a red eye if, if the air is a noxious fume <laughs> right oh so gross anyway so yeah we got a we got a good we got some food a good rest and were you know i was slightly stressed going into day two yeah sam so we... slightly stressed going into day two who were you throwing down against and what army did they bring so I was playing your last opponent, Zach, with his Survivors of Lake, Down, Lake Town and Halls of Thranduril list. And we were playing Retrieval, which is a mission that I am becoming less of a fan of. I love the concept of it, but it just sort of never really works out. So Ben, do you want to give us a, a quick rundown of Retrieval? 
Okay, scenario 14, Retrieval. So this is a game with a random game length that ends on a 1 or a 2 after one player has been broken. And before you set up the game, you each place a relic that is 15 inches in off of one corner, and the deployment is a is 3 inches back off a diagonal center line. So a diagonal deployment, a little bit different. You score one victory point if your opponent's relic has moved from its original position. You score three victory points if you have, at the end of the game, have a model holding your opponent's relic. You score five victory points if that model is in your deployment zone. And you score seven victory points if you have managed to move your opponent's relic off one of your table edges. You also score one victory point for causing one or more wounds to the enemy leader, and two victory points for killing the enemy leader, one victory point for breaking the opponent, and three victory points if they are broken and you are not. The relic is a light object. Well, big key there is the cavalry models need to dismount to pick it up unless they have the expert rider rule. That is true. So, facing a horde of Lake Town guys with some sneaky elves, retrieving some relics, Sam, how do you feel about that? What kind of board were you guys battling it out on? We were playing on a really cool Khazadum board, oh. which had a bunch of the big dwarven columns. That was such uh, a cool I board. Naturally forgot, I naturally forgot to take any pictures of this game, oh. partially because I was on, you know, I was deep in the tank yeah. the entire time. I have to hit Dale up, um, I bet he's got some pictures. I'm kind of jealous of you, I wanted to play on that board, it was a really cool board. It was, it was super cool. It was not a great one for this mission, just in the sense of there were two weird terrain pieces in two of the corners i won the roll off for who would select corners and i chose the opposite two so that we didn't have to deal with moving terrain around or moving through terrain because that is just obnoxious but there was a one of the the columns were forming a like a walkway um diagonally across the table like opposite the opposite diagonal of the way we're deploying and one of the columns has been like knocked over and is directly is a is just an object in the way of that that walkway which meant there was no way for if we couldn't just line up and try and push through our lines it was going to be these weird flanking maneuvers and i think that ended up being a little bit worse for me than it did for him yeah and i think i was a little bit i was like i can you know these are lake town i'm gonna outclass them even with the plus one fight value so that's fine if I can win their defense five, I'm going to need fives, but they should be super killable. If I can just collapse, if I can just kill enough of them and survive, I'm going to be able to hammer through and that's going to be great. I had a pretty, I won priority on the first turn. He'd, we basically both lined up. I'd lined up so I couldn't be charged by, so I was like seven inches away and he lined up everyone. So they were basically on the line. So I won priority. Bard was in within 10 inches of like Mahur and his warband. So I pulled everyone back so Bard couldn't get a first turn charge. And Thranduril was on the other side. And I hit Saruman in the middle. And I had this opportunity of I could Sorceress Blast a Lake Town dude into Bard, take him off his horse. Or I could Sorceress Blast a Mirkwood Cav into Thranduril and take him off the Elk. Uh, Thranduril was the army leader. Cavalry was a little more scary, so I opted for taking Thranduril off his elk. I think I think I like that choice. The cavalry is more scary, and the elk. He's good on Thranduril's good on foot either way, but losing it, not taking a cavalry down always. 
Yeah, and it and it it worked. It was it was good. I I hit the knight. I killed him. I knocked Thranduril off the elk. Didn't do any wounds. It would have been great to get the bonus wound. Then and I I moved. I sort of pushed my Urukai out. So despite the fact I run, ran away from Bard, I did then move enough some other Urukai within ten inches of him, which was a little foolish. So Bard charged into like one, or he could get into one Urukai, and I had another Urukai just behind or just off to the side. That so if Bard used his free heroic combat, he wasn't going to be able to get in and charge through my lines and get into Saruman. I had two crossbowmen sitting with a view to Bard's combat. But they were going to have to take in the ways for this Urukai that was like safeguarding Saruman, basically. And I said, screw it. Worst case, I kill that Urukai and don't do anything else. Best case, I take Bard off his horse or kill the Urukai he's in combat with. Roll the dice, both hit. One of them goes into my guy, one of them goes into the combat. I kill my guy, I hit. Bard, I hit Bard, not his horse, don't do anything. So just the absolute worst case happened. So Bard causes free heroic combat, just absolutely destroys the single Urukai he was in combat with, charges into Saruman. I'm like, well, this could be terrible. Yep. But I picked up Saruman's single attack. Get the sweet six. Bard (laughs) did not, or Bard did get the six, I think but was now outside of, well outside of his bubble of plus one fight. So he was a tied fight with Saruman, because Saruman is a mighty sorcerer and is a fight five. Roloff goes to me. Nice. I, for, the, for the first time in Sam's Lord of the Rings playing history, I opted to attack the horse. Didn't kill it. Would have been sweet, but whatever. But I was like, this is it. Next turn, Bard's all by himself. Palantir surrounded Bard with Lurts and like six Urukai. I uh, got the trap on him. And then I pushed up with the intent to try and keep his kids out of the way. Was not successful. This column was just within six inches of that Bard's combat. So I think I struck up with Lurts. Got to fight. I think I rolled a three and Bard rolled a two, but because he was within six of his kids, it took us to the same fight. We both rolled the six. He got the roll off. Bummer. Didn't kill Bard and oh. that tried to do it again the next turn and basically the same thing happened. throughout. I never killed Bard in the game, which was a shame. I did kill one of his kids with a Sorcerer's Blast from Saruman, I think. Or no, Maher. Maher got a sweet heroic combat, got round, wrapped, killed a kid. But I just couldn't kill lake town i just either wasn't winning the fights or wasn't killing them and and it just and we just you know we only i'm looking at my sheet we only got to turn we only got to turn five um and we called it with like 10 minutes on or five minutes on the clock because he'd broken me i was like 12 models off breaking him might have been able to get to saruman but probably not I was nowhere close to killing Thranduril. Basically, I had nothing to score, and he didn't really either. And because there was no major or minor losses in this tournament, I was just like, that's it, you have it, let's just call it. Yeah, and with five minutes left on the clock, it sound, and you were taking... sounds like there were long turns, you wouldn't have finished your last turn anyway. Yeah, I mean, we were both doing a lot of like, oh, what are we going to do here, you know? So I, 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 I hate timing out, but it is just part of the game. So it ended up he had three victory points for the break, and I had zero. Oh, well, first loss for the forces of Isengard. A yeah. close game, though. And uh... yeah, but it was a good. It was. It was. 
it was good it was super strategic which is always really fun and bard i mean it's it sucks you didn't yeah. kill him but it's just so i don't know he's on his horse he's like hacking left and hacking right and fighting off all these urukai it's it's yeah. a lord of the rings moment yeah yes classically goes the side the way of good yeah yeah damn damn those good guys yeah so disappointing to lose but you know we live we learn we move on and it was an enjoyable game so let's check in ben how was your first game of day two did you bring great glory to the name of galaga well i don't know about great glory to the name of galaga but my game on my first game on day two was certainly an interesting one because I was running up against your old opponent, Sam, Xavier, with his evil Moria mm. force led by the dastardly dragon, that wicked worm uh, with its stupid fireball. <laughs> yes. Gross. Well, I hope you had uh, had success avoiding that as I somehow managed to. So, but I predict it'll be slightly harder for you, given that you don't have Saruman the Wise, yeah. defeater of worms, <laughs> and Wormtongue, the the uh, the counselor of worms, the Wily, yes. <laughs> so we're playing against Moria. We're doing retrieval, and it was on. It was a reasonably open board, actually. There wasn't a whole ton of terrain. Mixed woods, a couple of rocks, some ruins. I picked table corners and. Yeah, that's right. I picked the table corner that didn't have a tree forest next to the next to the objective because I wanted him to have that nice little piece of terrain right next to his objective for some for some reason. I mean, I don't know what it was. Maybe there were mm. goblin mercenaries hiding mm. in the bushes. We will we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so, I pick first, I deploy first, and I deploy the Castellan right on my objective. He's he's my objective holder. I was kind of worried about about the bats i'll go sorry i'll go over his army list real quick it is the dragon with the worm tongue upgrade the breathe fire upgrade and the scaly hide upgrade with 14 goblins in its warband then we've got ashrak with three venomback spiders and finally we've got durzag with two bat swarms and 10 wargs so a whole mess of Moria monsters and some goblins thrown around there. And I, I put the Castellan right on my objective because I was a little worried about those bat swarms and all those wags. And if anyone is going to stand still and fight off hordes of people, it's going to be a Castellan of Dolgaldor. So Castellan goes down. Right. Plus you got the you got the Morgul blade in case the bat swarm pops up. Stab it. It's dead. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Hilarious. Going to one knife stab a bat swarm. We won't we won't think too hard about it. And he seemed to like that idea of having a model right on the objective. So he put the dragon right down, uh, completely covering his objective mm. with 14 goblins in front of him. And I was like, oh, that is interesting. My warband that goes down, I put down the hunter orc captain and his hunter orcs. The hunter orc captain was hiding behind this cool little rock feature in the middle of the board. It was like this two inch tall by one inch wide little tiny rock was just wide enough that at different points in the game, all of my army hid behind that rock to hide from the dragon's <laughs> fire breath. It was like a little video game, like run up and hide behind the dragon and wait for him to look the other way and, and like run out into combat with some, some goblins. Anyway, Goblin Mercenary goes down, Captain goes down, he deploys Durazag and a whole mess of wags. I put down Bolg with his warriors in his warband behind him 
near my objective and the berserkers and his bats up front near the goblin mercenary uh, the hunter or captain keeper of the dungeons goes down with bulg's warband so i've got all my gundabads are in like my midfield bulg the hunter or captain the hunter orcs the, the bats and the berserkers are all on the center line as far forwards as they can get so i've got all my speed up front a solid middle field and the castellan just loitering back or just in case and he's pretty much clustered around his objective he wins the first turn and the hunter rock captain calls a march because i'm just going to propel all that fast stuff as far forward as i can was my idea but still try and stay away from the dragon so i didn't run at his objective i ran you know into his deployment zone he wins the first turn, moves up a bunch of guys. My guys, my speed comes hurtling forward. Don't move the Castellan. Don't move the Gundabad Orcs. They stay put. He wins the next priority, and I called a move with the Hunter Orc Captain because now we're we're winning striking range. Those Wargs and Bats are winning striking range of my Bats and, and Hunter Orcs, and I I just didn't want to didn't want to take that hit. I wanted the charge. So Hunter Orc Captain calls a move. We charge in. I throw a bat, flies out over Durzag, plucks him, but doesn't do, doesn't manage to do anything. That's okay. Bat goes into combat with some wargs. Another bat flies into Durzag and goes into combat with him. We're going to get some some combat in with those sh- in that shaman. Oh, I should mention on the first turn, both shamans did a channeled fury, and uh, mm-hmm. Ashrak actually ended up spending uh, two will. They both spent two will and a might on that, so he really just he just threw it down. The dragon came came in. And I just, I positioned badly. I had my banner behind the rock in base contact with three orcs, and he fireballed a berserker, killed the berserker, and the splash damage from the fireball killed all three of those guys. So I lost my banner and a berserker. Managed to kill three wargs in combat, but lost my bat that was in combat with Durazag. It got swarmed by spiders and stuff and, and lost combat and went down. I finally win a priority. And we just keep fighting it out in the middle of the board there. This, the, like, it's the battle of the speed. His wargs versus my hunter orcs and bats. His bat swarms flying in against, you know, the hunter orc captain and, and the berserkers. And over the next two turns, I won a priority. He won a priority. Dragons fireballing a bunch of orcs. And I left the dragon some, some juicy targets so it had to come forwards. But I kept losing the combats. I'd kill two or three wargs. He'd kill a bat and a hunter orc and a berserker and another berserker and over three turns i took eight casualties from fireballs which is pretty rough and after that i, I spread out there were no one was ever within two inches ever again i had a bat yeah, in combat move. with durazag almost every single turn and just couldn't kill the little guys he just kept like fighting he was he's the master of bats i guess he, he, he... you get you get it seems like you get fixated on your bats killing specific targets and they just don't successfully do it. It was children last time, and now it's a goblin shaman. Yeah, wasn't happening for me. I kept Bolg well out of that mess too. Dragons throwing fireballs into combat. Bolg's out of there. I've killed five wargs, lost 15 models so far in the first four turns of the mm. game. Eight to fireball, the rest of them just, to con- just going down in combat. And it finally gets to the point, dragons far enough away from that objective... I've got just a little bit of speed. I've killed off his speed, mostly the trade of the speeds, but some of my berserkers are still alive. I've still got a bat flapping around. So I get Bolg in there into combat and give the dragon a really juicy target to throw a fireball at, just a big cluster of orcs because I didn't want Bolg to get hit. Dragon goes for the bait, kills a whole bunch more orcs. Bolg gets a cheeky hero at combat, kills some guys. Uh, yeah, I killed the spider, and then he got double sixes on his fury save, and Oof. Bolg didn't kill the spider, so Bolg's hero at combat is stopped. 
Durzag is still alive because now Bolg can't get into him. Lose the next priority and call a move with Bolg. Throw it, like, desperately throwing him into Durzag. Just trying to push through and get past all of these wargs and bats. I just keep, just wasn't going my way. And Xavier made the right call and fireballed into Durzag's combat. Killed, hit Bolg. Killed Bolg. Killed Bolg's warg. There's a spider. Two wargs and Durzag in that combat. Rolls the dragon fireball on the spider. Ba-dum, two. Spider's alive. Rolls the first warg. Ba-dum, two. Warg's alive. Rolls the next warg. Ba-dum, warg's alive on a two. Rolls Durzag. Another two. So Bolg went down and everyone around him was just fine. It was like a sniper dragon shot. And the fight kind of went out of me at that point. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah, do a wound on this dragon. My leader's dead. He's not going to get my relic. Maybe I can get some victory points with my goblin mercenaries, which I managed to bring on next turn. But again, because of that dragon, I got to spread my... At first, I was like, okay, they're all going down in a clump and they're just going to swarm his his relic. And then I was like, wait, the dragon's just going to fireball and kill literally every single goblin in one shot. So I had to spread all my goblins out, which meant they couldn't quite all get into combat. And then they got swarmed by his 14 goblins. And I had one opportunity with my goblin mercenary captain. He had one chance, one opportunity to call a heroic combat and pick up the relic for some victory points. Won his combat and just couldn't kill the one goblin that he was in combat with, and didn't manage uh. to didn't manage to kill the goblin, didn't manage to get the heroic combat. And by the end of the game, it was five zip, I think, to him. Ooh, disappointment. Yeah, yeah, it was a really, really rough That's game. Tough. I think I played it wrong. I should have just held my army back and lured the dragon out and lured it out. And then once he was out of position, then I should have thrown my fast stuffs forwards. Then I should have called that march. But as it was, it was a victory to him. And he really, like, he made the right call. He fireballed Bolg. Jurzag should have died. I mean, statistically, they should have all died. But that's a fair trade. You lose your fury save, but most of his his wags were dead. Yeah, I think... I mean, it just that's a tough one, right? Dealing with the dragon fire, and your basically only option is to tie it up. And I think that's what I would have spent the, you know, as soon as get the bats within 12 of it and commit all three of them to chart, you know, as soon as one of them successfully passes a courage test and gets in, great. And then you just throw everyone else forwards oh. and, you know, just constantly try and tag the dragon because it can't shoot while it's yeah, in combat. Yeah, that was a good, that's a good idea. I didn't even think of tagging it with the bats because towards the end of the game, once I saw that Bolg's, his, the fast push had lost, you know, I felt that the berserkers and the hunter orcs and the bats should have killed his wags and stuff way faster than they did, but it didn't happen. Yeah. So once I saw that that wasn't going my way, I started moving my sort of reserve of orcs up and the Keeper of the Dungeons was hiding behind that rock and I did manage to get some orcs into combat with the dragon and tie it up and that's when I was I finally started to turn it around but by the end of the game it just yeah. didn't matter Yeah, I mean it's just, you know, if you have three turns of sacrificing a bat but stopping the dragon from shooting and then that gives your heroes and the rest of your army uh, the ability to kill all of his worst troops and then yeah you know, or even just enough time for but, me to get my orcs close enough to get into combat because courage three orcs even with the right. harbinger from the dragon courage two it's not hard to get an orc into combat with with the dragon yeah yeah and honestly what i should have done is the keeper the castellan of dolgal door his mission should have been to deal with the dragon he's made for dealing That's, with dragons yeah. And I feel like yeah, just, that's a good point. Right after the game, I was like, "Oh shit! You've got the Morgul blades. You've got like fate for days. You've yeah. got high courage. 
your mission should have been to go deal with that dragon. And you got you got loads of will as well, yeah. so you know you can guarantee charge it turn and turn again. But that's why we review games, Ben. That's yep. why we talk about. That's why we talk that. about games. Super entertaining for everyone involved. <laughs> Game two, another loss, disappointing, but you know. So what that that puts you out of your shot of a winning record, I think. Right? Yeah, three losses, one one win so far. Uh, Next time. Next time you'll get them. Yeah, Sam, last game of the day. Taking your first loss to Lake Town. Who were you playing against for your final game? And what did they bring? Well, I was uh, I was busy having an Isengard Civil War. <laughs> I was playing Jimmy and his Ugluk Scouts Legendary Legion. Oh. So... Ugluk clearly had tried to break free of the grasp of the White Hand and wanted to go at it on his own. And we were playing Divide and Conquer. Ben, do you want to give us a quick a quick go over of Divide and Conquer? Scenario number 17, Divide and Conquer, is another one with a random game length that ends on a 1 or a 2 after one player has been broken. And it's got an interesting deployment because each player gets a gets two table corners and they label one corner corner A and one corner corner B in there two table corners opposite each other and you split your army into half into in warbands into pieces and you deploy one warband in group inside A your opponent deploys one in their group A and then you must deploy a warband into B and you alternate back and forth so your army has to be split up into opposite corners it's kind of interesting and there are three objectives spaced evenly down the center of the board with the center objective being worth slightly more victory points. So you score three victory points if there are more friendly models than enemy models within three inches of the center objective, if there is at least one friendly model and no enemy models within three inches of this objective, you instead score five victory points. For each of the other objectives, the two side objectives, you score one victory point if there are more friendly models than enemy models within three inches of the objective, if there is at least one friendly model within and no enemy models within three inches of this objective, you instead score two victory points. You score one victory point for causing one or more moons to the enemy leader, two victory points if they are slain, and one victory point if the enemy force is broken. So, an interesting scenario, breaking your force up, a, a Isengard Civil War objective holding. What did, uh, what did Jimmy have in his army list? Uh, well, he had a whole bunch of stuff, so I will go over it. Big thanks to uh, Spencer, who organized the event. He emailed the army lists to us because I did not write this down. So it was led by Ugluk, as, uh, as named, and he had eight Urukai scouts with bows in his warband. The second warband was Grishnark. He had an orc warrior with a banner. He had four orc warriors with spears and six orc warriors with shields and one orc warrior. Just must have an extra extra body in there. Warband number three was Mahur with seven Urukai scouts. Warband number four was an orc captain. He had four orc warriors with spears, one orc warrior with banner, and six orc warriors with shields. He had an Urukai scout captain with seven Urukai scouts, all with shields. And his final warband was another Urukai scout captain with eight Urukai scouts with bows. 
Wow. So that's what? So One, two, three, five warbands? Six warbands. Six warbands. Jeez, big force. Yeah, six warbands, 53 warriors, 16 bows. Bunch of might. Was, I would have normally, I would have felt very optimistic about this game. But this is like an awful scenario to play against a force who outnumbers you, you know, who is 20, almost 20 more models than you do because, you know, we could just all go happily camp by objectives and he would have the models to outnumber me and win. So it was an uphill battle. Granted, a bunch of them were orcs, so I was able to, to uh, I, you know, pick weaker targets. And I'm going to go through this one pretty quick. It was an awesome game super fun jimmy was so much fun to play he he is new back to the game but played it in the days of yore and is friends with a bunch of our friends from other events which was super cool so made a new friend so that was great so basically the game was sort of broken up into two two battle fronts i had saruman and maher and then lurts and Vrashku. Saruman and Maher were fighting his Maher and some orcs and Lurtz was showing down with with like two Urukai scout captains. Saruman and my Maher just crushed their flank, absolutely slaughtered through. I mean, I think I think over the first the first few turns once we got into combat, he'd killed like two of my Urukai and I'd like killed 10 of his models. Most of which were Orc Warriors, but I was just... In in my last game, I couldn't wound Lake Town. In this game, I would win the fight, I'd kill a model. Win the fight, kill a model. Saruman had some great long-range transfixes on Ugluk across the board to stop him from getting any kills. Lurtz's, Lurtz's army was... Or Lurtz's warband and group was, was, was fighting their way to the center, killing as they went, and... It was, you know, it was all looking, all looking uphill for me. I looked up at the clock and we're down to like the last 20 minutes. And basically that's, that's kind of what decided the game. I, I knew I had to break him. That was going to be my one shot. He was, he was going to hold, he was holding hit the, my left hand objective, left hand objective. I was going to have taken the right hand objective and so I, I went big and I, or, you know, it was a go big or go home moment. Saruman charges into an orc banner, cause a heroic combat. He had an Urukai with him. And on that flank, his Mahur called a heroic combat as well. And I was like, oh man, he's going to try and go into Saruman to, to stop me from killing his banner. I win the roll off, smash the banner, Saruman charges off into two other urukai scouts like a pretty good distance away and i'm like i've got the cavalry bonus i you know i basically need all of my models to get these kills in an attempt to break him i think i think i'd killed like 20 models and i needed to kill another four or five or something it must have been i guess another six actually his and then his maher went and won his fight unsurprisingly and then with that eight inch move was able to get into saruman get a trap on saruman i i rolled like a three high on my two dice only had one might left he got the the fight and did four wounds to saruman i rolled my first fate got a three rolled my second fate got another three and was like well i have to use a might to pass this rolled my final fate and got like a 
a two, oh. and Saruman just died oh. from four wounds. So absolutely brutal. It was also one of the few games I'd cast the spell to make him terrifying, like right in the beginning. Completely forgot about it until we were driving home, and it was just like, you know, probably wouldn't have made a difference. But you never know. So, so yeah, and then I did the same thing I did in the last game and was like, let's, you know, look at this. Major win, minor win doesn't matter. But anyway, you have the center, you have the left, I have models by the, the right objective, you've broken me, I haven't broken you, and just called it. And so it ended up being one to nine. Oh. Hindsight, I should have, because of, you know, I should have done some basic tournament math and being like, well, even on three wins, two losses, it's probably going to, to mean that I'm still in the running. So I might as well tw- try and get the extra few points, but... You know, it is what it is. It was a great game. I got super salty when Saruman died. Uh, like, I was, you know, I get to be, I can be a, a, a salty bitch, as they say. And uh, I got I got real bummed. But, uh, you know, we played, like, another turn after that and got to the end. And I was like, oh, man, dude, I'm, like, I'm really sorry. I just got, like, just the wind completely taken out of my sails. And, like, sorry I got so, so tilted about it. And he was super chill about it. And he was really, he was like, hey, man, I totally get it all good but so that was a that was a low moment for my <laughs> tournament journey but i think it was just the like you know so i managed to snatch the feet out of the jaws of victory for this oh, event so well that's that's rough but you know if you're gonna have one of those those low moments it's it's awesome to have them against an opponent like that who like i mean it sounds like that was probably your most fun game uh, or one of them anyway yeah so, rough that it happened but but good that it happened against someone just like that you know yeah, and certainly, certainly was in some ways my most successful game just because I killed so much. Like, I, I, if we'd played the one more turnout, there was no question that I was mm. going to break him. But which is, you know, killing he had fifty three, so killing twenty seven wow. models. That's killing is not bad. In how many turns? You know? Do you know well, how many turns you played for? Seven. Wow. Turns. <laughs> or, or maybe eight. It was it was like a lot of combat and a lot of. You know, like, I got salty for Saruman winning. He had every right to be upset for the whole, like, you know, disappointed for the first, like, three turns worth of just every fight went my way and I killed. I also forgot to use my plant Palantir at a, at a crucial moment in this game. but oh. Which is the, you know, the only time in this tournament I forgot to use it. So. Yeah, I'm impressed you remember to use... I, I feel like I would never remember to use them. Well, you can kind of plan a turn ahead because you can put stuff in, like, not great positions and just be like, well, here's my get-out-of-jail-free card. I guess that's card. true. I guess that's or at true. least, you know, make you spend the point of might that you probably don't want to. Anyway, so enough of my quick run-through of that game. Ben, how did your final game of the day go? Give us the deeps. So I was facing off against Tom, who brought the Grey Company. Super mm. interesting to play against. Super small army. We have Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Eladan and Elro here. Halbarad with the banner. And four Dunedain. Ten models total. Good lord. In an objective mission. So an uphill game for him, for sure. Yeah, you must have felt pretty, pretty confident going into that as far as... Objectives. I did, yeah, yeah. And every model's got a bow, and Gimli's got his throwing axes, of course. And we were playing on this Rohan table, so not a lot of terrain for me to hide behind. But where there was something, it's like a house, so you can really, you can really hide a lot of guys behind right. a house if you need to. I'm gonna do my best to keep this one short, but it's actually the longest game I played. We went for twelve turns. His his whole army's a warband, so it just goes down in one corner. 
I have to split my army up, and I had Bulg with the Keeper of the Dungeons in one corner, and the Hunter Orc Captain with the... I'm sorry. I had Bulg with the Castellan of Dol Guldur in one corner, and the Hunter Orc Captain with the Keeper of the Dungeons in the other corner. Just seemed like a good breakdown for them. Turn one, he gets priority. Hunter Orc Captain calls a march. Why not? Aragorn calls a free march. He runs forwards. He was had to deploy sort of behind a building, so he wasn't going to get any shots on turn one. So he runs forwards. I run forwards. He wins the next turn priority. I move up. Legolas starts start taking some pot shots at some orcs and kills two orcs on turn two. So Legolas has got more kills than Gimli now, which is somewhat important. And I'm down two orcs. The goblin mercenary captain passes his courage test and doesn't come on the table. Next priority is mine. We, we, we move up. And he starts taking pot shots at people. He got it in his head that he wanted to kill the Castellan, and I was like, yeah, go for it. Shoot the Castellan. And he plings two, manages to pling two will off the Castellan on that next round of shooting, and Legolas brings down a bat. Goblin mercenaries do not come onto the table. And on the next turn, he calls a heroic accuracy with Aragorn, which I was like, okay, that's cool, whatever, no big deal. I didn't see heroic accuracy a lot, didn't think much about it. Until Legolas empties three shots into my banner, which was behind a bunch of guys, Misses the first in the way, that's fine. You know, gets through the two guys, kills the banner, the second guy picks it up. All the rangers shoot, get through the in the way, kill the banner, next guy picks it up. And then the twins take fire and kill the banner. So my banner goes down and three orcs on that turn. Mm. So we're taking we're taking some, some pretty heavy casualties and the Castellans lost some will. And he's not engaging and I'm like trying to run forwards. And he's just like inching forwards three, you know, three inches, taking some shots. Goblin Mercenary is not coming on the table. Turn five comes around. Castellan loses some more will. Aragorn calls an accuracy, but fortunately we don't lose any more orcs. And at some point, we're getting pretty close to each other. I've finally got the Keeper of the Dungeons and the Hunter Orc Captain, a bunch of Gundabads on the center objective with two Gundabads hiding behind a building, just ready to jump out from behind the building on the last turn and grab the one flank objective. The Castellan... And about four hunter orcs, uh, I'm sorry, four Gundabad orcs are chilling on the other flank objective on, on nearby and Bolg, the berserkers, and a whole bunch of guys are just running for some cover, but also trying to run towards his army. And he did the thing where he backed up out of the way. So now I'm like in the open, nowhere near him. And I decided next turn that two can play tactical withdrawal. So I he pulled back, he won priority and pulled back. And then I, on my turn, just like, no, and ran everyone out of line of sight out of range as far away as we could so he had to come towards me i've got one i've got one flank objective is mine the center objective is mine and the castellan is loitering loitering within striking distance of the other objective and he was actually plinging some will off the castellan and i was kind of worried and so i started reminding him i was like hey look this castellan has got like keep shooting him man i'm loving this like you're not killing my orcs he's got nine will left he's gonna be <laughs> just fine he's like oh he's got nine will left that he can use his fate oh man so he stopped shooting the castellan which i was like oh phew because i mean the Castellan's tanky but if you get into combat and you've only got six will left against all those heroes he's gonna go down pretty quickly so anyway right. we both do a tactical withdrawal and then he realized okay like i have i have to go forwards i have to go in so finally he starts moving forwards he moves up i stay i keep hiding he moves up again and it's it's time it's time to go charge the orcs out from right. get us into the goods i'm ready yeah i know we charge the orcs out from behind the building bulg and his sneaky bulg and his sneaky felwag charge into one of the twins and aragorn and gimli go cannoning into the castellan 
Bunch of Dunedain get into get into the some the Gundabads near the Castellan, and my Hunter Orcs also pull a sneaky maneuver and charge two Hunter Orcs into one of the Dunedain. And I killed him. I killed my first model that turn, Sam. I've taken, like, eight casualties, nine casualties, one of which was a bat and my banner. And I finally, on that turn, managed to kill one model. And it's been, like, eight turns. And I'm like, wow, this is this is a stressful game to play. But your, your orcs, orcs' lives are cheap, Orcs' lives then, are cheap. But the blood of Numenor runs in the veins of those Dunedain. So that's a, that's a bigger loss. Yeah. But anyway, we killed the Dunedain, that was exciting, but the main bit that I'm excited for is Bold going into Eladan or Elro here. I could not keep track of which one was which, and a classic Ben Gallagher, I kept getting the heroes' names wrong. So, we will continue that theme. And Bold rolled a 2 on his strike, and the twin got a, a 5 or a 6, so Bold is outstruck, loses the combat. Tom threw all his dice, one after the other, and finally managed to chop down Bold's wag. And Bold, like the champion that he is, just vaulted off that wag on a sweet 6 and landed on his feet. <laughs> he may not Excellent. have expert rider but i roll those sixes all day to get off that wag so bog's lost his wag the next turn he goes back into the twin again we got some more combats happening aragon and gimli do not kill the castellan in one turn if anyone can take a turn of fighting from aragon and gimli it's the castellan he's got two will left but you know they play i think that seven will off of him but that's okay he's still alive that's what he's there for but it, I'm, i sort of realized at that point oh dear I lost one of my orcs to a Dunedain. The Castellan's going to die next turn. One orc's not going to hold that flank objective, so I've lost one objective. But the center's still mine, the other flank's still mine. Bold goes back into combat with the other twin and rolls another two on his damn strike off. The twin wins the strike, but doesn't manage to wound Bolg. But is now, importantly, out of might. Right, because Bolg is a higher fight than the twin, so he's calling the strikes and you're getting the Yes, free. that's correct. Bolg, is, Bolg hasn't spent a single might yet. He's getting his, he's getting his free one. This is really where it started to, to finally turn my way. So Bolg runs into the twin with no might on the next turn, calls a heroic combat. Twins out of might, can't strike up. I've got an orc into the other twin. No one can get into Bolg. That's great. Bolg goes into him. The keeper of the dungeons, the hunter orc captain are fighting Dunedain. That's great. Legolas is shooting people that's fine Gimli and Aragorn are sort of mopping up the last of the Keeper of the Dungeon and his last Gundabad Orc so now is Bolg's time to shine so he strikes up oh sorry doesn't strike up heroic combats slaughters the first twin just completely finally like gets that six high in the combat no argument gets all the wounds brings him down and heroic combats into the next twin who hasn't struck up so now I have that fight too don't manage to kill him, win the fight, don't manage to kill him, but knocked off all of his fate, and he ended up using all of his might to to pass those fate rolls. So now mm. that, that next twin is completely out of stats. He won the next priority, doesn't matter. Keeper of the Dungeons calls a move and runs into Aragorn. Hunter or Captain goes into some regular Dunedain. Bol goes into the last twin, calls another heroic combat. Kills the twin, runs into Aragorn. Keeper of the Dungeons strikes up, Aragorn strikes up. We win the strike off. Keeper of the Dungeons gets the wounds on Aragorn, and that is the end of the game. He has still has enough bodies on the one flank objective to make it his. The center of the objective is mine, and the leader is slain with nobody broken. Wow. Well, good for him for holding an objective with a, a ten man. Yeah, army. I know. I know. It was it was a really but, stressful game. So what was what was the score? The final final score was two victory points to ten. 
I was worried there for a second when you said because usually one says one's own score first, oh, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, you won with two victory points. No, no. no. But no, that's excellent, yeah. excellent. Well, at least at least one of the Gallagher brothers and one of the hosts of Gondor Calls for Ale ended the tournament on a win, which is always really nice to do, especially when you've got a five-hour drive yeah. home to to be like, yeah, on that high. Whereas I was, no, yeah. Not and it was a really fun game. But... Tom was a super fun opponent. He played it really well. Like all that, I mean, it's only, I guess, with Legolas, it's twelve bow shots, and Gimli was throwing his axe at the Castellan. And at first, I was like, yeah, no big deal. And I lost like two bats to shooting over the game. I kept trying to hide behind fences and stuff. But a three plus in the way from a little picket fence is not is not much. And Aragorn's heroic accuracies. I didn't think of anything of heroic accuracies until this game. But man, it it made a difference. Yeah. It made a difference. Yeah, I mean, I think in that situation, what you eventually ended up doing, which is just hiding, is the right thing to do, especially when your big hero can charge from out of line oh, of sight. I love you know. Felwogs after this tournament. I think I want to add probably another two to this list somehow, some way. Excellent. They are just mm, so much fun. Well, as we are, as we are going to go have two pretty long episodes in a row, Ben, let's, uh, let's power on through to the end of this episode. But before we tell you, listener, who won what and where, in in episode four, previous episode, I think it's four, yes. Ben and I set forth to do a little hobby bingo for this tournament, where we took some guesses about what was going to happen. So, Ben, shall we reveal what went down in our hobby bingo yes. and who won and or lost? Yes, a hobby bingo off for... A gentleman's bet, if you do. You have yours prepared and ready. Well, I surely do. I'll go through. I'll just quickly. I'll just go through them all. Um, and as I say them, I'll say which ones I achieved. So I thought there would be a shire table. There was no shire table, which is excellent. I'm okay to lose that one. <laughs> I thought there would be a witch king on Felbeast. There was a witch king. He was not on Felbeast though, so I did not achieve that one either. I said we would play a maelstrom mission, and I'd also sort of waffled on it being two but i decided to keep it just we'd play one maelstrom mission we did that excellent checkbox number one i said i thought i'd play two people without the match play guy uh, i gave myself this one just because they were handing out tournament sheets or mission sheets for every every mission but it was a new crowd so guaranteed at least two people didn't yeah. have it so i gave myself that check Seems as well fair. i said i said ben would have a winning record alas that did oh, not happen, let you down. So i did not get that check you sure did. I know that's why you, you threw those games, Ben. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know it. I was like, Lake Town, um, I don't want to win against that. I, right. I thought Ben would play against a, an army of Dale. There was not an army of Dale there, so that would have been very impressive if he had. Although, when I saw Zach's uh, Survivors of Lake Town, he had some Lake Town militia models. I saw those funny cone hats. I did think it was a Dale army for a half second, and I was, I was uh, pretty it's, excited it's for you. It's close enough. <laughs> I said I thought there would be a fellowship there. There was no fellowship. And I also thought there would be a Balrog. There was a Balrog, so I got that one as well. And lastly, I hoped there wouldn't be an Angmar army there. And by that, I mean I said I thought there would be, and there wasn't, which is awesome. So so out of my nine, I got three right. Mm. Then how did you do? None of which were in an actual bingo formation. But... So, no bingo for you. So... I thought that the Riders of Theoden would be in attendance, the Legendary Legion, and they were not. I also predicted that there would be a Witch King on Felbeast, and there was no Witch King on Felbeast, so no point there. 
I thought that with the release of the defense in the north, surely we would see a dragon emperor. But there was no dragon emperor. Mm. I thought that someone would bring two lists that were themed to match each other. And I got that. I forget who had the lists but there was definitely the army of the dead and the Mumakil. that's that's somewhat themey yeah and there was uh, yeah. another one as well that, that i thought was more themey I, I forget exactly what it was i thought that there would be another player who played an evil army and i would play against that player so i played an evil army i did get that i played against the dragon two in a row there was exciting moment i thought Ooh. that maybe the assault on lothlorien legendary legion would be in attendance since it's it seems to be so popular with its night fighting rules, but no one brought that either. I thought that there would be no player to only bring a good army, and I was so close to this one, but there was someone who only brought a good army, and it was somewhat fitting, because I think he won best sportsman, so he was so sporting, he was so good that he only brought a good army. So I didn't get that one. I thought that there would be a Balrog, there was a Balrog, I got that one, and I thought that some of the new dwarf heroes from the Defense in the North would be in attendance, and there were no dwarves at all of any flavor. So I, too, only got three. I'm also not in a bingo formation. Well, there we go. A tie. We don't have to figure out what the winner gets because no nobody won. won. No score draw. So, yes. So, well, we'll definitely... Well, it was a three-score almost draw, I suppose. Well, we'll have to do this again at the next event we both attend, Ben, and perhaps break this deadlock and maybe come up with some, some more interesting and more specific... A bingo. A bingo. Surely there'll be a Witch King uh, on Felbeast of Nova safe bet we should do we should do a, a um it you can't use the same the same checkbox within 12 months so you can't just say there's always going to be a witch king and fell uh, and that way you just like really start scraping the barrel for the december events uh, yeah okay so you know. oh there's gonna use be, your more ex yeah. obscure yeah, ones on for the cart. bigger events where you got a, a higher probability of there being weird right? things ex yeah exactly nice. i like it this is it that's the next level next level stuff that is, that is that for all of our stuff. So let's talk about some some placings and trophies and just, you know, a general recap of the event. Yeah, and what an event it was. One of the organizers told me that they've been working on painting terrain for the table since February. And I Man, think it showed it through because the they were great. Oh, it was so good. It was, it was awesome. I mean, and it was... There was the terrain, the quality of the painting and the building of it was awesome. And then every table, which there were wait, there were more tables than we needed. And every table had such was like nicely full of terrain. So you could, which is one of the great things about, I think about Lord of the Rings, that you could really tactically play in the terrain and not just be like, well, you know, now we're going to be fighting in this big open thing and there are some trees around and it looks kind of cool. No, this was like, you know, we can fight in the streets of Osgiliath and use the doorways and jump through these windows. You know, it was really, it was really cool. They did a fantastic job. And I think the biggest selling point of any miniature game is beautifully painted models on awesome tables. And this tournament definitely had that. All right, Ben, give us, give us the lowdown. Tell us who got the trophies. We will start it off with the noble wooden spoon taken home by Xavier and his dragon. Excellent. Next, we have the Best Sportsman, which is, I think it's a, it's a great award. Something that I always sort of strive for, taken home by Tyler. We have third place, taken home by Matt with his Rangers. Ben and I both both played. Uh, one, 
he beat one Gallagher, lost to the other. Yep. So good job for good good job to him for coming in third. Nice nice job there. We have second place with Zach and his Lake Town Thranduil army. Also played also played both Ga- both Gallagher's and beat them both. So congrats to Zach for coming in second. And first place goes to Jimmy. Your final opponent. Ah, opponent. Well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. He played absolutely incredible incredible game you know if you're gonna lose if you're gonna lose a game and get knocked out of placing might as well do it to the person who comes in first yeah yeah you played all three of the top top podium i lost to two of them i sure did yeah. neither has got to play next the time. best sportsman which them. is a bit of a shame always and uh were there any any other awards to be given out ben? well most importantly we took home the best painted with the Gundabad army, didn't we? I won best painted with my yes. army. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All those so hard hours award. behind the workbench paying yeah. off. And the trophies, yeah, the trophies, all of them were super cool too. They were all 3D printed. The best sportsman was a bust of Sam Gamgee. The wooden spoon was a bust of Gollum. First, sorry, third place, second place, and third place were all 3D printed Nazgul holding the sword. And best painted as the same Nazgul pose, but instead of holding a sword, it was holding a paintbrush, which ah, just just fantastic. Which is so good. So good. I think the swords were painted in like bronze, silver, and gold. Yeah, right? which yeah, was they were part of the part of what made them different. Yeah, which was super cool. Yeah, so so that's how it all that's how it all wrapped up. And um, I think to wrap up this episode, you know, we just want to say give some shout outs to Spencer and Brian for running such an awesome event. They did a really great job organizing. To Dale as well, who I think did quite a lot of the uh, the bookkeeping and was certainly on reminding people of round times and definitely took some pictures, which was great. And also a special thanks from me anyway to Dale oh, me as well. who uh, listens listen to the podcast and on the last last round bought us both an ale to enjoy, which certainly helped soothe my salty loss of Saruman. Oh yeah, I got a, a dragon's milk stout to soothe my my the burns from my dragon fire after my game with ah, Xavier. There you go. So oh thanks yeah. Dale. So excellent. So great. Yeah, that was that was great. Like we both said, it, the event was run super well. It was super fun. Yeah, there, there was uh, everyone got a door prize. There were raffles after each round. Everyone walked away with a door prize. Everyone got a little goodie bag with some 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 dice from the Atomic Empire store and six 3D printed and painted objective tokens that are like standard objective sized with the red eye of Sauron on one side if it's an evil controlled objective and the white tree of Gondor on the other side if it's a good controlled objective. So, Which is also cool because it works for a priority token yeah, as well. Yeah, so I got Hurin, the tall, and the other hero in, in the Forge World blister pack from my raffle prize, door prize drawing. Uh, $85 gift card for the best painted award and some sweet objective tokens. Like what a great event. Yeah. Made out like a bandit. Yeah. What did you take away off the, the door prize? I uh, I grabbed a big old bag of Rohan oh, right. sprues, right. which was great, so I can finish up my Helm Hammerhand army. So looking forward to sculpting a bunch more fur. Ten out of ten would event again. Yeah, and I think I think Spencer mentioned they were planning to do something early next year. So listener, be on the lookout. Be on the oh, lookout. Oh, and anyone I think also, we should anyone out there in the Durham area? These guys meet 
at a semi-regular basis. I think it's every Tuesday at Atomic Empire for Lord of the Rings games. So maybe reach out, see if you can find them on Facebook. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe they've got a group. Wish, uh, wish I was in an area that had a regular weekly meeting for Lord of the Rings. Oh, jealous. Well, Ben, as as we're going long, let's quickly quickly go through this last thing. Give me what what events are you playing at next? What where can we expect to see you? So coming up over the horizon is Nova. I will hopefully be there for Chaos in Arda, some little madness on the on the Lord of the Rings board. I will definitely be there with Sam for the doubles event, and for sure be there at the grand tournament as well. So look out for us at Nova. Oh, and I should mention, in, in October, I'm going to ArmorCon in Boston. Paths of the Dead is the name of that event. What about you, Sam? Where Very will good. we see you in the future? Well, I, too, will be attending Nova. If I can get the time from work, I will also do some chouse in Arda. Um, obviously, the doubles and the grand tournament. I also have signed up successfully for an, a series of escalation tournaments oh, so it, cool. at Your Hobby Place in Fredericksburg, which is starts out at 500 points, and then the next one is 600, and then goes to 800, and those are coming up in like September 19th, December 3rd, and January 21st, I think, something around there, but you can find them on on the old Facebooks. And yeah, so that's those are, those are the next events will be at if you are in the area or like ben and i listener and feel like driving a very long way you should definitely check them out and if you ever see us at an event say hi give us a poke definitely if you're gonna buy us a beer that's uh, that's always appreciated but no <laughs> no requirements for that no maybe we'll bring a, a cooler of our own beer to pass out again one day too thank you for listening to gondor calls for ale we hope you have enjoyed this episode. We at Gondor Calls for Ale are not associated with Games Workshop, New Line Cinema, or the Tolkien Estate. We hope we have not misrepresented or offended anyone. These recordings are strictly our recollections of games we've played and are not commentaries on the character or competence of our opponents. They are intended purely for entertainment and we hope they will be taken as such. You can find us on Instagram at gondor underscore calls underscore for underscore ale. Feel free to send us a message there, or you can send us an email at gondorcallsforale at gmail.com. As Boromir, Captain of the White Tower, once said, Remember today, listener, today this episode was good. <laughs>